Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll teach you how to always grow and develop. I'll also be interviewing personal appearance agent Michael Brooks, who works with top celebrities, booking them for exclusive appearances. This episode was recorded during the height of the quarantine and the social justice protests. However, regardless of when you hear this episode, the content in this show is still relevant and will encourage you to continue to self-improve. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Always growing and developing. If someone were to watch you and ask you why you do the things you do, more than likely, you'd say, because it's what you've always done. Now, yes, sometimes it's important to not reinvent the wheel, but it is important to reflect on what you do to make sure you're always working smarter and not harder. Just because you've done the same thing over and over again doesn't mean that today it's still relevant or that it's productive. When you look at your daily schedule, have you ever stopped and rearranged some of the activities that you do? Because in doing so, you may realize that you could be more productive should you do things in a different order. If you are an entrepreneur and you look at your business model, it's always important to reflect on how to do something slightly different. When you look at the different aspects of your business model, it's important to say, if we didn't have this particular process, what would be different? Or if I didn't have this main client, what would I do? Because when you can continue to evolve and look at what's working for you and slightly tweak it, you'll find that you continue to grow and develop your business model. Or let's say you're not an entrepreneur, but you do want to grow and develop. Look at your friend groups. The people who are your friends, are they growing and developing as well? In psychology, we have what's called the law of the group, meaning the average of all of your friends together will determine how far you grow and develop. So let's say you're the smartest person in your group. Compare that to someone who may not be the most educated. Unfortunately, when you hang out with those other people who are slightly different than you, your motivation level is going to decrease or your productivity level is going to decrease because it averages out to what the group is. So it is important to always reflect on your friend group. I'm sure they are amazing people, but you always want to surround yourself with individuals who are more successful than you. Another thing to look at is just even your health and wellness. Sometimes the older we get, the more we have to be mindful of our diet and exercise. Our metabolism doesn't always work the same way when we become older. So it is important to reflect on how can you grow and develop and be more mindful of how to tweak your diet and exercise. The whole reason for this lesson is to simply have you reflect on what is working and how to slightly tweak it So therefore, you're always growing and developing. Because if we don't take a look at this, unfortunately, mediocrity will set in. And after a while, we will continue to do what we've always done. 
But remember, what we've always done doesn't mean it always works or is always effective. I have a fantastic guest today, Michael Brooks. He has a wonderful inspirational story of how he became a personal booking agent and how he continues to grow and develop his practice even during the height of the quarantine. So stay tuned. If you're anything like me, you'll love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. My guest today is Michael Brooks, who has over 15 years of experience as a personal appearance agent who books top billing clients throughout the speaker, conference, and convention circuits. He is going to share his inspirational story with us today. Welcome to my show. Hello, how are you? I am doing well. It's going to be such a great talk today. We were talking a little bit in the pre-call there and just just everything you do sounds so fascinating to me. So I know it's going to be a fantastic show. (laughs) Now, what is a personal appearance agent? Well, I represent a number of celebrities that I book for different types of appearances. Basically, I work with promoters here in the United States and Canada, basically all around the world. Um, I basically book mostly uh, conventions, comic cons, where, you know, uh, celebrities will meet their fans, sign autographs for them, take photos with them, participate in the Q&A. And then also I do um, various other types of corporate events where, you know, if it's like uh, a company of like IBM, Uh you know, is having a Christmas party or they're having a get together and they're having a corporate event and they want to have a celebrity come in and do a meet and greet and do a little talk about their career and then afterwards sign autograph and take photos with, you know, certain VIPs from, from the event. Um, and then also I do speaking engagements anywhere from where a celebrity has some kind of, um, uh, uh, connection to, you know, one of my celebrities was a cancer survivor. Oh, wow. So she speaks to uh, a group of, you know, people that are, that are dealing with cancer issues. Wow. So, and then, and then there's other types of events where I will have a celebrity um, go to screen of one of his films and they'll, uh, screen the movie. And then afterwards he comes out and does like a Q and a for about an hour and taking questions. Now how fun. As well. yeah. The whole, the whole comic con thing, that would be amazing for those people who don't know what that is. That's usually, it's a big convention that even though it says comics, but it really is anything sci-fi or anything that's, um, pop culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a better way to say it. Pop culture. And, uh, yeah. I've, unfortunately I've never had a chance to go to one yet, which I hope to one day, but I just, I can't imagine how much fun that would be, not only for the, the participants, but also yeah, for the people who go and just, well, it's, it's funny because right now with what we're dealing with, with the COVID situation and, and, uh, a lot of these live events have either been either postponed until later mm, this yeah, year. Sure or uh, uh, rebooking until next year. But right now I'm working on doing virtual conventions with promoters where fans will, you know, log into their computers. They don't have to leave their house. They don't have to get on a plane. They can sit in their living room and they can interact with fans as well. So there's, there's, uh, uh, that's catching on. I'm doing a number of events with a, uh, 
uh, promoter here in the United States, as well as now people in Europe that I work with want to also do these virtual events. Well, that would make even more sense because, yeah, since it's virtual, you can do it. You can go to any of these conventions virtually. All, you know, it doesn't right. matter. Look at it. That's really neat. How did you even get involved in all that? I mean, because let me back up. I, what I love about talking to so many people on my show is I hear all these different stories and the nuances of, you know, you just look around at everything and someone has created something or someone is a part of something. Like I'm looking at my house right now and I see a, a photo or I see a clock or I see a lamp. I mean, all that someone that's their profession. So I'd love right. to hear this as well because it's, it's, it's just so different than what I know. So how did you become in that? Really funny how, I, how it started. First uh -huh. of all, I was working in the entertainment field um, many, many, many years ago. Um, in, I want, you know, I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. Oh, really? And I actually won the green card lottery. I won permanent residency um, in the 1990s. And in Canada, I was working in the industry as well. I was working as a casting director. And I also used to book um, extras for various films like the Police Academy movie. Oh, I did I did the background uh, actors on Moonstruck and got to meet Cher and Nicolas Cage and everything. So it was great. Oh, wow. So I was I already had a career in, in Canada. And then I found out that I was uh, I applied for this green card uh, lottery. And then I found out that I won and I was able to move to the United States. So I packed up everything and I got a job working with the casting director uh, who somebody in Toronto knew who hooked me up here at, uh, in Los Angeles. And I started working at universal. Um, and I was working on the, I'm dating myself here, but I was working <laughs> on, uh, shows like murder. She wrote oh, and, I love that show. and diagnosis murder. And I was also on the original Murphy Brown series. Are you serious? Um, yeah. I was the <laughs> casting associate for several years on that show. Um, but what happened was I took a break from the industry. I, I didn't want to do it anymore. And I, literally took two, three years off. I did nothing. Um, I, I was uh, involved with somebody else who made a lot of money, so I didn't have to work. So mm -hmm. I was staying home and I was like cooking and cleaning and just enjoying, you know, relaxing. And then all of a sudden I got the itch to get back into the business, but I didn't want to get uh, work as a casting director anymore. I didn't want to work as an agent or anything like that. I wanted to try something different. And I was going to look to try to work as a publicist. So uh, I looked in the trades, the Hollywood Reporter back in the day. This was before everything was like on, online. Mm -hmm. And I would look on the trades and I saw this ad that said talent booker needed for live events. And I thought that was interesting. So yeah, wow. I, <clears throat> I answered the ad. And I went and I met uh, the CEO of this company. And basically, I at first thought when he was describing their event, they did conventions. And at first, I thought it was like lookalikes. I thought I would oh, be booking celebra celebrity lookalikes yeah. for different types of appearances. And it turns out like they used to do Star Trek conventions and Xena warrior princess mm -hmm. conventions and stuff like that. And the CEO said, no, you'll you'd be actually calling you know, William Shatner's management, uh, checking his availability and Leonard Nimoy and, and so on. And he said, uh, are you interested in something like that? And I thought, oh, yeah, sure. Because he liked my experience because I had worked in an agency and I had entertainment uh, experience in the past working in casting and so, so on. So what really got me the job was when we were talking and then he said, well, do you uh, watch Enterprise or Deep Space Nine? 
And I said, no, what, what's that? <laughs> and he said, you're hired because he was getting people that would be like, oh, I get to call William Shatner. Oh, yeah, wow. Exactly. Yeah. Like they were fans, you know? Yeah. So I, I did a whole turnaround and, and I worked for that company for 10 years and I was booking various conventions, like I mentioned, Star Trek and Xena and, and all different other types of events, calling the talent, checking their availability um, and booking them. And then they would do events here in Los Angeles and they would do them all around the country as well in New York, Chicago and Florida and Dallas, all over the city, all over the country. So after working for 10 years with them, um, they decided that they wanted to cut back on their shows. They wanted to make me part time. And I thought to myself that, no, I think I'm just going to you know, bow out and, and quit. So I quit. But I, as I was thinking about this, it was like, well, over these past 10 years, I've been calling agents and managers yeah. and, and, and making all these contacts and, and meeting even other promoters and such. So I had an idea that why don't I just call up an agency that I know and that I've talked to before in the past and create my own personal appearance department. Good for where you. I would, yeah, where I would represent the, the, their clients. Um, and I did. And uh, I, I went to work at this agency. It was one of the top five agencies uh, in Los Angeles. And again, I didn't know how to be an agent at that. Mm -hmm. I, I had no experience. I, I, you know, basically all I knew was how to book talent where I was on the other side, where yeah. I was like booking the clients. Now, now I was, my job was to start pitching the clients. So I went to work at this agency. I had this great mentor who taught me how, you know, to be an agent. Um, and then as soon as I literally the first week that I started to work there, um, there was the writer's strike that happened oh, here, here in that. Los yes. Angeles. So at first, um, my boss wanted to just keep it in-house and just book, you know, celebrities that are with our agencies for different events. But then I was getting promoters asking me, well, hey, can you get so-and-so from so-and-so show and this and that? And I looked them up on IMDb, but they weren't one of our clients. So I turned to my boss and, and I said, look, because now there's a writer strike, do you know this particular manager? And she said, oh, yeah, I know them. That, that They're great. Tell them I said hello. So I started to outsource myself by oh, with the relationships that I had uh -huh. with other agents and managers, even at different agencies, and was able to start, you know, basically now. And even to this day is I can go to a promoter and say, OK, well, this person is not on my client list, but who are you looking for? If you're looking for like a particular actor, usually nine out of 10 times, I will go on IMDb and look them up. And if I know that agent or manager, I'll pick up the phone and I'll call and I'll say, hey, I'm working with the promoter that's doing this event and they're interested in making an offer to your client. That is so amazing. That, that's basically how I started my, my career. I really love how, I mean, the evolution of that. In fact, I think, um, I'm not, I think research states that most individuals will have four to five iterations of their vocation. And so as we kind of think about that, in other words, the evolution of who we become. So I really like to hear the different versions of how your life has played out and to hear how that's continued to evolve. What was it, you know, when you think back on that, that one moment when you left the, the job here, um, I guess we worked for 10 years. I wonder how different your life would have been had you not said, you know, wait a minute, I, I can still do this. I mean, because in that moment, you had that choice to say, 
do I do this on my own or do I create my own department with this other agency or do I go back to doing what I was doing before? And I think that's a really powerful lesson because when we're aware of that and kind of slow down and say, just because doors have closed doesn't mean I can't open up my own doors. Well, I was getting I was getting that even from the actors. They were like, Michael, you should open up your own department. You should, you know, go to another agency or you should, you know. So I was already my wheels were spinning, you know, uh, even before I quit. And um, I wanted to be kind of my own boss and, and create my own department. And when I went to this agency again, you know. I knew nothing about being an agent, but I knew how the promoter side worked Mm -hmm. and I knew what, you know, that would entail. So with that experience, I was able to bring that to an agency and, and start developing a department. And now look at you. I mean, you know, all facets of the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, not to toot my own horn, but when when people say my name, you know, I'm, I'm quite known as I get now, I get now calls and emails and you know, an agent or a manager will get an email from a promoter and they, they automatically turn it over to me and they say, look, I don't know, you know, who this person is. Do you want to handle it for my client? And nine out of 10 times how I get paid as the agent is I charge the promoter a plus 10%. Yeah. So if they, if they were asking, yeah, if they were asking for a a client to go do an appearance and make $20,000 for uh, a weekend, um, I would ask for a plus 10 on top of that and get my commission. So nine out of 10 times, I never even take commission from the client. Which I'm sure they love that as well, because I mean, that's from a business standpoint. I mean, that's, of course, you want to have, take everything as much as you can. So good for you for being able to go above the line and and to ask for that additional uh, percentage for you. So I think And and even if, you know, even if um, like I've had it before in the past where a promoter will say to me, look, they're not on your client list, but um, can you get me, you know, so, so-and-so and, and I'll look them up on IMDb, but if the offer is, you know, six figures, I'll cold call <laughs> that, <laughs> exactly. that, that agent <laughs> or manager and say, look, uh, you don't know me and, but this is what I do. And I have an offer and plus the promoter is willing to pay a plus 10 on top of that six figure salary, you know, a paycheck. So, I mean, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, so it really is. Have you ever found that just I'm sure I mean, this is everyday life, but have you ever gotten really discouraged during your time as, as I guess, as everything you've done so far? Now is the time where I'm discouraged mm-hmm. because of yeah. everything that's happening, you know, in the world. And, you know, uh, here in Los Angeles, you know, the governor is, there's these phases, phase one, two, three, mm-hmm. and four. And uh, we're slowly entering, I guess, now phase three. Um, but my, my phase is phase four, where it would be back to live concerts, you know, and and conventions and venues like that. So, um, and then, and then to be honest with you, even when we do reach phase four, it could be, you know, the end of this year or the beginning of next year, people are going to think twice now about going into uh, a convention center with 5,000 people attending, you know, and being so close, you know, I've been to Germany where where I was at an event this past December, just last year before this whole thing broke out and there was like 10,000 people there and you're walking shoulder to shoulder, squeezing through and trying mm-hmm. to walk around in the convention center. So, um, yeah, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. now. And, the, you know, are all these now going to turn into virtual events? Mm-hmm. If so, that's great. But 
you know, they're, they're not giving the paychecks that they used to, sure. you know, yeah. give for live events mm-hmm. uh, with a celebrity having to get on a plane and travel and, and meet their fans in person. Everything now is virtual where it's, you, you know, because they're only working maybe three or four hours from their home. They're not making that big yeah, paycheck exactly. that they used to make. So it definitely that trickle down effect for everyone in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. I mean, right now I do have live events scheduled, but everything was now, like I said earlier, postponed or canceled until, you know, next 2021. Yeah. So, I have a friend who uh, manages a lot of the Broadway, uh, Broadway musicals. And so when they're traveling around the United States for right now, you know, they had thought a couple months ago, like, oh, yeah, we'll open up again maybe in July. And so now they're, if they're re- looking at everything, so now everything's been shut down for the rest of the year. And I was like, oh, yeah. my gosh, I can't even imagine that because, you know, that's your livelihood. You know, who's, you know, the, the, of course, the questions of, well, if I was casted for the, cast for this and now next year, I don't know what's going to happen. And so I'm sure there's a lot of uncertainty. And, I, and I'm also to- a little worried right now that, you know, with all these uh, protests and, and uh, I just heard on the news yesterday that now, you know, there's a, a spike again in Arizona and, and you know, people that went out on the yeah, on Memorial Weekend and on Mother's Day, people are doing huge social gatherings and not wearing face masks and not being six feet apart and doing social distancing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we're just going backwards, you know, it's sure. like all this work we've done for the past, you know, since March to to try to low, f- lower, flatten the curve, as they say. But now, you know, especially with all these protests all around the world, not just in the U.S., but I see it in Europe and and everywhere people are protesting and going shoulder to shoulder and, and some are wearing masks, but others aren't. And, yeah. and, you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day and well, so just watch in the next two to three weeks, there's going to start being increases again. And then we're going to, you know, go back to square one and uh, have to start all over again. Yeah. And if I could speak for you as well, I, Michael's not talking about the protests as far as uh, negating them, but just simply saying that the non-social distancing is causing perhaps a, a Right, right, right. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, mean, I'm total in support for, for all the protesting. It's yeah, just that, that people are more, you know, heated about the protests, and I don't think are thinking about, you know, the virus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I, if, this kind of makes me think of the whole thing um, years ago, and I'm dating myself as well. Some of my younger listeners may not know who or what this is, but there was a company called Blockbuster. Blockbuster was a place where you'd go and rent movies. So there was DVDs. Oh, yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah, and so they, <laughs> of course, you know, we're roughly the same age. And so with that, you would, um, you'd go to a place and you'd get your movie. And there was years ago, I think it was like 2000, early 2000s, and a company came to them and said, hey, we have this opportunity to stream videos and movies to people's house directly. And Blockbuster right. was like, no, we're not going to do that. We're the leaders in this. And so unfortunately, they didn't do that. So that company, that little company became Netflix. And as we know, Netflix has created this, I mean, it's Netflix. I don't even have to explain what it is. And unfortunately, because uh, at that time, Blockbuster didn't make that pivot and, and kind of evolve to what the world needed, it unfortunately went bankrupt. And so I think as we, as a, as a world is looking at how things are going to change, 
we have to really be mindful of what worked yesterday may not work tomorrow. In other words, what right. worked today may not work to the following day. And so you really right. want to be, not you, but we all want to be mindful of that as we understand the world. And, and even when things are, quote, going really well, we still want to make sure that we're at the top of our game and at the top of our craft, because as we can really understand the subtle nuances of, of culture, of our workspace, we can really make sure that we continually grow and develop. But without right. that development, and if mediocrity sets in, unfortunately, we will be kind of like Blockbuster and won't be able to, to fully flourish and grow with what the world needs. Right, right. So, but once again, exactly. we will all be Netflix. We will not be Blockbuster. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, Michael Ferguson, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to give us your backstory, to encourage us, and to help us realize that we all can continually grow and develop. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and perhaps anything you've done, where would they find this information online? Oh, my gosh. Um, I guess you can go to IMDb Pro. If you subscribe and then just search my name and you can see uh, a list of all the clients that I represent. Oh, that's awesome. I will definitely check that out as well. Well, Michael, once again, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.